This is a, a topic that is particularly close to my heart uh, for several reasons. One of which it involves the issues of, of the business models of news organizations. But also for the past 20 years, I've been doing work for the Copyright Office of the European Commission, for World Intellectual Property Organization, the US Federal Trade Commission. And uh, um, what, what we are seeing now is uh, arguments that special protections need to exist for news copyrights. Um, and that these would differ from, from other protections given for general um, um, copyrights. Um, I'm a little bit concerned about the wisdom of creating special protections for anything um, and very skeptical about the effectiveness of many of the proposals that have been put forth to actually solve the problems that they're, they're put forth from. Um, when I first studied public policy, I always remember the, the professor in my initial class always said, well, first you identify the problem, then you identify a solution that can actually deal with the problem, um, and then you can come with the, with the policy that deals with it. Um, and um, I'm a little concerned about some of the things that, that I see here. Um, let me start by, by talking a little bit about, well, we're losing some things at the top there, I'm not sure why. Um, but, the, but what is sparking all of this are, are the uh, um, current uh, economic and financial problems of, of news organizations um, and news agencies. And news agencies particularly are in deep trouble, a much worse trouble than, than newspapers are. And we hear a lot about newspapers. But with the exception of the major global players, national news agencies in much of the world are just barely hanging on. Um, and uh, are, are becoming less and less able to um, carry out their, their, their functions. Um, this is happening because of, of a lot of different things. Uh, first, the fact that, that media markets and news markets are, are really saturated in mature markets. There's no place to, for these organizations, newspapers, to grow or for news agencies to grow. Um, the audience has been gradually walking away from newspapers and television news broadcasts and radio broadcasts, and it's been doing so at about 1% a year um, about, for about 30 years in Europe and about 50 years in, in the United States. And the, the data are just absolutely clear. Um, the, the Internet's not the problem. A lot of people say the Internet the problem. The Internet is just the latest manifestation of, of an ongoing problem. Um, that uh, audiences are leaving these kind of places where large audiences are gathered for news. Um, and the effectiveness of the general business model that's used by uh, mass media is disappearing. And so newspapers uh, are losing a good deal of wealth. There's a lot of consolidation that's going on. With that consolidation, you have less uh, um, uh, fewer people that are taking the news from news agencies. And so you're creating just then a, a knock-on effect to all of the news organization as wealth is being stripped out of these firms. And the wealth was exceedingly good. I mean, in the 1980s and 1990s, newspapers in North America and Europe were making 25 to 30% returns on sales. Just incredible wealth that came in. They built fine houses. They bought jets for their executives. They, you know, all of these wonderful things that, that come with wealth along the way. Hired many new people, most of which have now been let go amid screams of pain for, from journalists. Obviously, nobody likes to lose their job. But it's all part of what was happening as a result of the changing business model in the 80s and 90s, and now that wealth being stripped out, out of that. Um, and so what we have are organizations that are really um, downsizing and, and are, are, are going through a lot of uh, very difficult traumatic turmoil as they go back to a more sustainable size um, and, and operational base that they have there. Um, they're very uncomfortable with it. The journalists are uncomfortable losing their jobs and having to go into PR. Um, and so we have a, a lot of um, efforts that are being made by organizations, by individual journalists and journalist organizations, by publishers' organizations and others to ask government for intervention in a variety of ways. And one of them is this issue of, of copyright, um, and which I'll talk about tonight. Um, now, the, uh, there is the idea that advertising is wholesalely shifting online. That is just not the case. Only about 7% of advertising worldwide is online. 
Um, in Europe, it's about 9%. And 60% of that advertising expenditures has nothing to do with the kind of advertising that exists in, in the media. It's neither retail advertising or brand advertising. The one area that exists is the area of classified advertising, which has, become, has come out um, uh, and, and has been um, somewhat uh, painful. In addition, there are those people operating online who aggregate news, who aggregate things, and there's a lot of language that's used in the debate uh, over this um, that is, is really quite fun to listen to when you go into parliaments and, and others where the debates are being held. And, uh, I had a, had a wonderful experience uh, um, um, last year where I was uh, um, talking to the uh, uh, hearings of the U.S. Federal Trade Commission, and in order to keep them from physically um, uh, um, confronting each other, I had Rupert Murdoch on one side and Ariana Huffington on the other. And they are very, very different views of the nature of the problem and very, very um, uh, both of them have, have wonderful rhetoric about everything they have to say, which is quite fun. So, so my job was not only to provide a different view, but to physically keep them from each other during the meetings, which, were quite, quite, which was quite an interesting task. Um, and ultimately, as I said, the, the, the internet media aren't the root of the problems, but they're compounding the problems that are there. So what we see now is this counterattack that's going on on the online players, and, it, and it's quite significant uh, um, a counterattack that's going on there. Um, the news companies and publishers they're, they're criticizing the major online players. They're arguing that using their material online in any form amounts to theft, that it's taking customers away, and that it's making it impossible for readers to pay for news online. And if you just get Google out of the way, if you just get MSN out of the way, all of their problems would go away and it would be a nice rosy world. Um, and and that, that's a lovely argument to make, um, but uh, I think goes far beyond what we see, because even if you take out all of these players, you still have those people who provide news free online, newspapers that provide free online, broadcasters that provide free online, and even news agencies that provide free online. So it's not going to take away all, all of these kind of problems along the way. And they're seriously lobbying for action. I mean, in almost every nation in Europe, parliaments have been visited by delegations. Um, the European Commission is being, is being heavily pushed by the World Association of Newspapers and the European Newspaper Association. And the World Intellectual Property Organization is also being asked to, to act and do something about this. And what they're asking for, essentially, is a protective mechanism that will extend copyright and related rights, especially for news and news organizations. Um, it's, it's an interesting argument. Um, they're concerned about different things. They don't like the portals like, um, like uh, uh, Yahoo or MSN or Google that has news there. The problem with that, those portals are paying for that news. And in fact, if you take the, if you take the Associated Press now, almost 30% of its income is coming from digital portals they're paying to have their news on. So, how can you stop this commercial activity? That's a legal commercial activity along the way. Um, they are disturbed by search engine activity that goes out and finds news and information by the caching of actual copies of news stories, which is part of the search activity. But individuals can go in and through the caches get to those material. They don't like bloggers that are carrying lots of news reports. And they don't like the file sharing by email and social network because they say people no longer have to come to our sites because they're getting the news that they want and they need. Um, and uh, they're, they're, all of these are, in fact, new ways of distributing news and information that did not exist before um, that are making it more difficult for traditional news providers to continue operating in traditional ways. Um, but these are the areas that they're, they're asking for support upon. Um, Clearly, portals are becoming a competitor to other news providers. There are a majority of people in the world today that are going to um, news portals, uh, particularly um, those provided by the, by the internet portals, in order to get their news. These tend to be people who, are, who do not subscribe to newspapers and never have. 
um, who, are, who when they have read newspapers, read them infrequently. And they're just, it's sort of like scanning the headlines when you walk by a newsstand and seeing what's on the, on the different, what's going on, um, to, to just kind of keep up on the news. Um, and in fact, the readership of these is relatively low. Um, when people come in, they look at it, they look at the headlines, but only about one in 10 will go behind the headlines. Um, and, and there are people that, that do that. Um, the search engine activity, when you have a topic that you're interested in, you can do things like Google News, where you can just uh, put in a topic and search that topic, and everything that's been searched out um, around the world on that topic will show up there. So you can see what 100 different publications or broadcasters have said. Um, and, and you can read the headline there. You could link through to it, or you could read the cache of it as well. Um, bloggers, of course, are reproducing things and commenting upon them along the way. Um, and so news is, is moving around the world uh, in this regard. In fact, uh, um, already there's some indications that the primary mechanism by which people learned about Osama bin Laden's um, killing was through social networks and through bloggers and, and uh, Facebook and other such things as, as people tweeted it and, and it moved around. Um, but it's certainly a way, no. Now the question is, do they not go to the real media after that point or not? Uh, um, but, uh, um, and I think for major events they certainly do. Um, social networking, uh, people are sharing news they find interesting to other people they think will find it interesting as well. So what the publishers really want in this environment is they want something that's going to protect their current means of operation and their business models. Um, when, in fact, you are trying to protect business models and current operations of any industry, it's something that tends to stifle innovation and development of, of new opportunities. Uh, and essentially, they want to stop competing delivering platforms. They want a monopoly on, on news and information because they made nice money when they had a monopoly. Um, and, and that was that. Um, they are asking for existing copyrights to be used against online, uh, on, online uses. Um, this is perhaps a, a more reasonable approach of some of the things they're doing. Um, they're, but they are typically asking for criminal enforcement rather than civil enforcement. And as we know, as a result of the, as a, of the copyright directive out of the EU and the Digital Millennium Copyright Act and other such things, they've now criminalized copyright violations, which does two things, one of which it makes the penalties harsher than they were under civil. Um, not only does it make the, criminal, uh, the, the penalties harsher, it makes digital infringement um, uh, have higher penalties than physical theft of, of media products. Um, and it transfers the cost of enforcement from it, the companies and the individuals to the government, which is a really nice one. Yep. Do the police actually have any serious capacity to enforce They have the legal capacity yeah, yeah, to enforce it. Um, occasionally, uh, occasionally police and prosecutors will. And there have been some prosecutions. So. Um, it, but it's there. But this whole movement to criminal enforcement is very, very interesting. Um, in, in fact, there is a problem with that, of course, is because no government will spend more on enforcement than it will lose due to the lost business of, of any activity. So, yeah. Isn't it to some extent that they want to uh, use the criminal enforcement because then they can use more extensive methods? in the process of examining these cases. That's, that, that's, certainly, that part, that's certainly part of it, is you have, uh, um, you have the ability to have various warrants put out in the investigations and other such things that you don't have others. Um, but a good part of it, and in fact, in the music and in the, in the video industry, they flat out said they were going to criminal enforcement because it was cheaper for them. <laughs> so you know, the, is, is get, get the prosecutors to do it, um, the police and prosecutors, and, and it no longer, they're not spending 500 pounds an hour on attorney's fees to, to, to try to enforce. Um, and they're asking for these new copyright protections for news and, and information. So there's a, there's a whole range of things that publishers are asking the public to do and are, are asking along the way. Um, now the interesting thing is if you actually look at these, uh, many of the complaints that, they've, they've, that they have are actually things that they've done all their lives, which I find very, uh, <coughs> is a very interesting. 
Get just one. Eh, too much to it. Yeah. All right, we'll leave it alone. Um, you know, I mean, newspapers have always been aggregators. They took news from a lot of different places, put it together in a bundle, and sold it, which is exactly what some of the other aggregators are doing. So it's a, it's a bit of a problem if they ask that. Um, news organizations have always taken material from other news organizations, and they've always done these things. That, you know, the BBC reports that, and, uh, and we'll, 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 we'll use these all, all the time. Yeah, but uh, very occasionally. I uh, agree, but, but, but it becomes very important, and I'll show you why in a minute, that they've done. And it, the occasions have been usually on big things just breaking, okay? So the Telegraph is reporting the scandals uh, in, the, in the Parliament. Um, you know, Reuters is reporting Osama bin Laden's dead. You know, nobody else can confirm it, so they so they go that way with it. We'll talk about why that becomes important along the way. Um, they've often taken books and often got, for instance, proofs of books before they've been distributed by, particularly on on major topics from major political figures, and reported what was in those books ahead of time. And, uh, and they've gone out and encouraged people to, to leak information to do them, and it's protected by law generally in, in, in doing that. Um, now, that is a really interesting problem in general terms, but if you actually start looking at what they do on their sites, you actually see that much of what they do on their sites are, are similar to the kinds of things that they're complaining about others doing, Yahoo and MSN and others. They're running free sites themselves. They're carrying a good deal of information without charge. Um, very few sites charge today. Um, they are uh, carrying information from a wide variety of news services and other feature services. And in fact, newspapers are being sued, very, uh, and most of the suits today are coming for their digital editions for carrying things that they don't have the right to carry on their digital editions. There's a, there's a lot of interesting suits that are coming from that at the moment. Um, they are promoting peer-to-peer -peer file sharing and, and social networking. And in fact, on, on every newspaper now of, of any size, um, on every story, they have a place where you can click and share. Now, how can you complain that clicking and sharing is bad when you're doing it yourself? There's, you know, there's this duplicity in the, in the arguments that are being made. Yeah. Why don't they, to a certain extent, just go with the flow? I mean, in the sense that if they had the protections that they're seeking, they might not be doing that. Well, they might not, except that it has been shown that sharing on social networks drives up to 15% more traffic to your sites. So there's actually a marketing effect here that is actually very good for them. And, and that's why they're doing it. So there is a go with the flow, but also it's beneficial to them because it brings people back to their sites, they see ads, their traffic goes up, they get greater price. So it's a little bit, it's a little bit of both. Um, so how does, now we get back to this issue of copyright and, and how does this all come together with, with copyright? Um, and uh, the first thing we have to understand is what is copyright? Uh, copyright is, is, a, is um, defined in law. Uh, the law itself defines what is copyright, what you have to do to be copyrighted. Some places you're copyrighted on, on creation, some places you have to register, but these are all dependent on the, on the laws you're in. The length of protection for, for different kinds of copyright materials, all of these things are defined by law. Um, and uh, the law typically um, focuses on the originality of the work. In order to be copyrighted, you have to have independent creation. Okay? That's, that's the underlying philosophy of copyright. It's got to be independent creation, because uh, that's what we're trying to, in society, promote. Independent creation, and it's because society benefits by having people um, creating um, more things that are copyrighted. Um, and so a lot of things get copyright. Um, new, news is covered under the provisions for literary and dramatic works, but we got musical works and art and music and pantomime and, and commercial designs in some countries uh, are there. Uh, but all of these kinds of things are, 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 are receiving copyright and related rights protections of, of various kinds. Now, what the laws do are very simple. I mean, it, they give a property right to intellectual property, okay? Now, property rights, as we know, aren't natural rights, never have been, they, and so they are defined by government, they're protected by government, um, and this creates some really interesting <coughs> problems. I mean, it's always created problems, for instance, in communist countries. If you don't recognize probably private property, how can you recognize 
really abstract intellectual property is being, is being uh, protected. Iran has a really interesting problem with, that, with this in their laws, which is really quite fun, because under, under Iranian philosophy of law, creativity is a gift of God. Therefore, how can you take a gift that God has given you and keep it from others through copyright? Very interesting, very logical, very interesting. Creates some interesting problems in international law and enforcement of, of copyrights as you, as, and patents and other things. Um, so when there are debates about copyright, they're really philosophical and ultimately political. And there's, there's nothing uh, uh, under here relating to moral rights or natural rights or other such things. It's, it, these, it's, a, it's a political debate along the way. Now, it is recognized um, that whenever somebody does an intellectual or artistic endeavor, I mean, they do create the important things that help um, intrinsically promote social progress, world understanding, all of these kind of things that we need for decision making and operating in society. Um, but it's also recognized that there is extrinsic value, particularly economic value, that is created there because of the exchange of, of, of the copyrights and the rights that are involved in copyright. And there are multiple rights that are, that are involved in copyright. Um, because copyright creates economic value. Essentially, you create a, a, a limited monopoly here in some way. Um, and that, of course, then uh, um, um, creates scarcity, which raises the prices along the way. And so the, this is argued to benefit copyright holders um, and society as a whole because it creates an incentive for more production, is, is the belief uh, behind copyright. Now, the, it's an interesting belief. It's an interesting argument. And you see it all the time in, in legal circles. And you see it in the, in the literature very her, uh, heavily. But it doesn't take care of the fact that for thousands of years, People have created music and songs and art and, and, and books and other such things without the benefits of copyright. So there's, you know, there's some interesting leaps of faith you have to take um, if to fully believe these things. Um, but clearly, it does create artificial scarcity by having it and does create more economic value. There's no, there's no question. Um, and so essentially the government increases the value of the work uh, in order to promote uh, uh, more work production and also economic growth. Because if you look at, at intellectual property, copyrights contribute in Europe about 7% of the GNP of Europe. Um, in, in countries like the UK, it's about 11%. You know, so I mean, you know, we're talking serious values, economic value here, so government like to protect it. Yeah. Sorry, that's probably a very stupid question, but what is the product? I mean, is it a story? or is It, it, it can be all kinds of things, okay? In the, in the news, in the news um, environment, it is a story mm -hmm. that it can be copyrighted or a newspaper that can be copyrighted. Um, so news agencies, each of their stories is copyrighted, plus their feed is copyrighted. So both of those are um, and uh, it's, But yeah. it has to be a product. It can't be just an idea. It can't be an idea, because under it's the, it's the original expression of, of an idea um, or information. Information and ideas <coughs> could in and of themselves never be copyrighted. Right. And this is one of the problems. I mean, those who study drama, for instance, say there are really about 30, 37 different stories that are told over and over again in every form, in every society, changing the characters, changing the setting. But it's the same story. So you can't copyright the, the, the storyline. I mean, this is just, you know, it's, it's, it's the way it works. What does that 11% um, consist of? Is it um, scientific products based on? And, no, you're not um, talking about papers, you're talking about copyright. We're only talking about copyright. So it's, it's everything from newspapers, magazines, television broadcasts, motion pictures, software, um, all of these things that, that are covered by, by copyright are in that. That's 11 It's about 11% of, of GDP. Yeah, it's, it's huge. And one of the reasons it's so large, and particularly for a country like the UK and the United States, is there's so much export of the property. Okay. And that it brings value back to the country. So if, if a British film goes to the United States and is showed in the United States, all of the royalty payments come back to the UK if the UK funded it. 
And so then, I mean, it really boosts the value. And that's why, you know, this is why the switch from the manufacturing economy to service and, and knowledge economies are seen as so important because they really do bring a great deal more value back to the country than manufacturing ever did. Unfortunately, what they never, we never talk about in World Trade Organization and others as we deal with these is the fact that only a few countries are going to be the main beneficiaries and the others will be less benefit because they produce uh, far fewer uh, numbers of amounts of intellectual property. Okay, and finally, um, copyright law really does balance, try to balance the idea of the creators with the social um, benefits of having uh, information and ideas available. Um, and this is really a fundamental part that is rarely talked about in debates today. But it's fundamental to all the laws, this balancing of public rights and needs and social benefit with the private rights and needs. And all you hear talked about now, because the platforms of discussion are generally controlled by big creators who want to talk about what they want to talk about, which is their issues of it. And while they don't deny the other, um, they, it doesn't get heard very much in the discussions. Of, 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 what go, of what goes on. So as I said, there are a lot of different rights to write, to reproduce, to translate, to adapt, to public performance, broadcasting, communication to the public, um, distribution. So distribution, communication to public, broadcasting, um, and reproduction um, are the ones that are most involved in, in issues of, of, of news kind of things. Uh, but these are all specific different kinds of rights that, that, that exist along the way. Um, there are limitations. Um, almost all na national legislation um, um, has limitations in there. Um, and there are common limitations on government materials uh, that you can't copyright government materials. Interestingly, UK has crown copyrights and some other such things, which is one of the few that still has. Um, it, it actually goes back to copyright actually is an interesting history. Um, copyright was originally the right to print and it goes back to the Star Chamber and the Stationers Company and, and all these, and, and that publishers, printers had a right to print, um, but nobody, and that later became copyright along the way. Um, issues of fair use and fair dealing, which I'll come back to again, which is exceptions that say if you use it in this way, it's okay. Uh, there are exceptions in many cases for services to people with disabilities in order to make things available to the blind or the hearing impaired or others. They'll allow them to, for instance, read books or, or, or provide text under, under and alter things that would not otherwise be done or put things into braille, for instance, is one. Is one of, and then there are non-voluntary licenses, which are simply says anybody can use this material in these ways but has to pay this fee. And that's a way of government to try to reduce its involvement in, in the process and just saying, you know, we're, we recognize it. So for instance, in many nations now where you have internet radio, there is a, a, there is a fee for every song you pay and that has to be paid and it's set in advance. Um, it's a non-voluntary license set by government. Um, in other cases, these things are set by negotiation with parties involved. But there so, are. So when you said earlier that the um, the news portals or the portals were we are paying for mm -hmm. material, um, that's under this system. Is it? No, that's that's under just a, a straight contract. Okay, just a straight contract that they have contracted just like a newspaper to get the information and reproduce mm -hmm. and make, and disseminate. Mm -hmm. These are, but uh, right now there are no non-voluntary licenses for news. Um, but there are actually some people looking at them and trying and thinking about maybe that's a way to, that society could, could deal with them. Um, these two concepts, what's called fair use in the United States and fair dealing in the in, in, in UK, um, are very, very important for news distribution along the way, and as you will see. Um, they are basically two um, conceptualizations of exemptions. Um, fair use comes in the U.S. copyright law and fair dealing from common law and trade generally is the way where those, where those two have come from. Um, both of them essentially give some exemptions for criticism, for comment, and in most cases specifically for news reporting. That newspapers and others can take information that's copyrighted and use it if it's for news reporting. Very interesting that they already have a special provision that allows them access. Education, research, we can, we can use certain things uh, uh, along the way. 
Um, in some nations, for instance, um, if you reproduce copies of a journal article and give it to your students, you have to pay a fee. In other nations, it's specifically given as, as an accepted uh, um, exemption to, to licensing. That's seen for educational purposes and therefore important. Um, where there are questions involving whether fair use or fair dealing involved, it generally has to do with how, what kind of use is made of it, how much of the work is used. You know, if you use, uh, if you use two paragraphs out of a, of a 90,000 word book, you're, you know, it's not harming the book. Um, but if you, if you publish um, 20 lines of a 20 line poem, you might have an issue uh, because it's now taken away the whole, the whole thing that is there. Um, and ultimately what they're concerned about is that there an effect on the market of the original work is really what the, the underlying issue there is. But it essentially means, however, that in, unless there's a specific exemption that's very clear, um, you will have disputes over how much or how it was used and whether that in fact hurt. And it'll be on individual, can only be decided on an individual basis sometime. Um, Civil law countries have a very different kind of approach. Um, and so those that come out of, out of civil law tradition, the French and the, the Latin traditions uh, along the way, um, it have to have a very specific exemption that specifies all aspects of the, of the, of the exemption or it's not, not quite, because they're statutory law. And so um, you run into these in, in strange ways. I ran into it once um, when I was, uh, I was in Louisiana and uh, they, they passing a new pornography law there. And they passed that because Louisiana is a weird state. It's, its law is based on Code Napoleon. It's the only statutory law state in the United States. They had to describe what was pornographic in all circumstances in the law. Wow. Okay? <laughs> and the law would, it had the law passed, they ultimately did not, got, came to their senses and didn't pass the law. But had the law passed, they, it would have been illegal to have a copy of the statutes of the state of Louisiana in the state of Louisiana. <laughs> it was kind of a, a real problem with sometimes with statutory laws. But for, for this case, if it tells you what you can do, what you can't do um, with copyrighted materials. If it's not mentioned, you can't do you know, you're fine. If it's mentioned, you can't do it. So it's, it's a different kind of approach. Now, to get copyright protection for news um, is primarily being approached as a related rights protection. When you talk about copyright, you always talk about copyright and related rights. Copyrights are specifically dealing with the originality of the work. Related rights tend to come into things in the context in which they are disseminated in the business models or whatever that, 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 that are there. Um, so it's not really dealing with the artistic or intellectual creation there. Um, it is similar to, the, the only one good case we have of this in, in international treaties, for instance, is sound recording protection, uh, which came out of the Rogue um, Convention and then was, was recently reenacted. Um, interestingly, up, to, up until the 1960s, recordings were not protected. Music, musical recordings were never protected under copyright or related rights. Only the music, the lyrics, the, uh, um, the composition were protected, the arrangement was protected, but not the recording along the way. Uh, and so, um, so, you know, that's where the creativity and the expression were said to take place. Um, it was later argued that in fact, well, there is some expression in the, in the artistic performance of, and uh, we want to protect the provenance, so they went ahead and protected it. But it's really the only place it's there. Um, there is also an effort that's been languishing for about 10 years that's gaining more speed to protect broadcast signals as a related right and make it so you cannot receive broadcast signals that weren't intended for you, which is a very interesting law because under the UN Declaration of Human Rights, it says you have the right to receive signals, um, which is a kind of an interesting co complex. And it's one of the things that's throwing it down. Some nations do not um, protect what they call signal theft um, under, under theft laws. Um, and so, you know, if you take cable services without paying for them or something of that sort. But this is a, another effort to protect broadcast signals, which is, which is um, not making a lot of headway, but starting to gain some, some support. So let's look now at 
what has been happening around in recent years uh, um, with copyright developments for news and what's happening. Belgium was the first case where we had a, a really good legal case. Now, Belgium, of course, is a civil law country um, governed under uh, primarily French-type laws. Uh, and the newspaper sued Google and Microsoft because they were taking their materials. Um, you know, they were doing that kind of thing of, of carrying the headline, carrying the, the, the main uh, lead of the story or the photograph or whatever. Um, one paper, Lassar, actually found that they had gone into its archives and were pulling out material and putting it on, even though the archives were a pay, paywall. Uh, and the court sided with the newspapers under, under Belgian copyright law and said, uh, you will stop doing this or pay a million dollars a day. Um, they did agree to stop doing it. They did start paying for some of the materials along the way. Uh, but the papers are now, the case is still ongoing, are asking for about 50 million uh, euro in, in damages for the time of what they did beforehand. Um, so this was the first case that actually came out and said, no, there's a problem here under copyright, under copyright law. Um, in France, uh, AFP sued Google uh, because it was carrying AFP headlines um, and, uh, and stories. Um, they ended that when Google agreed to start paying anything. <laughs> um, you know, part, part of this is because there's questions over copyright. Part of this is because new business arrangements are being established in the digital age. Um, and, and, and there's people are trying to figure out how to operate here. But in this case, they, they ended the case with it. But we now have Copy Press, which is one of the largest newspaper publishers, um, and publishes multiple newspaper publishers, um, is, is also currently threatening to sue. And, and some, some negotiations are underway. I think they're going to try to solve that. French law also has, is Droit also a tradition, which gives far greater um, protection to creators than general copyright law. Um, it has moral rights involved. It has a lot of different things that are involved that, that, than, than under common law. And so um, there's greater um, ability to pursue lawsuits for uses under, under um, Franco law uh, tradition than, than under the common law traditions. Um, Germany, um, uh, if you go on Google and you go on their search and you can search images and, and, and photographs will come up that are on websites uh, around the world. Um, and uh, what Google was sued because they were bringing these little thumbnails of all of these up for people to use. Now you can take a copy of a thumbnail and you can pull it off of there if you want. And the court ruled that in fact using these was in fact violating copyright. Just the fact that they were putting them up there, displaying them, distributing them, was in fact a violation of copyright under the law. Um, Germany is very aggressive on copyright issues. It's quite, it's quite interesting. Um, they were one of the primary people to oppose the U.S. antitrust settlement in the Google Book Publishers case. Um, and they were so adamant at it. The, the, the U.K. government collapsed, quite frankly. Um, it, was a, it was an antitrust suit between Google and publishers because Google was taking out-of-print books and putting, not, not out-of-copyright books, out-of-print books, and, put, and scanning them and putting them on, which meant they could never be put into print again, essentially, because it just stripped it out. And they came to an agreement with the publishers that they would pay the publishers. But they never came to an agreement with any authors. <laughs> And the authors were left out of it. And the settlement would bind authors everywhere in the world. And you had to opt out. And if you didn't opt out, you were covered by the suit. And you had to opt out in a really short period of time. Fortunately, um, uh, the federal courts in the US this, this year said that this is, this is bad. If, if they want to do something like this, they should do it through legislation, not a court case, which actually I thought was a good deal. It's, uh, yeah. it's interesting that Germany has kind of yeah. on so many fronts tagged with Google since they have probably, after Scandinavia, the highest percentage of Google usage in search and, yeah. engines than any yeah. other country in the world. Yeah. And they're and they're doing it primarily to protect their 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 industry because their industry is still pretty strong in producing a lot of economic value. So that it is it is very strong. Um, they the CDU has proposed several things that are really interesting. Um, they want uh, the special protection of news organizations as a neighboring right. 
Um, they have also argued that they should have prior <coughs> consent for any commercial use of any copyrighted material. And this would also apply to social network distribution and to bloggers. Which, because, you know, many bloggers, they use Google ads or something, come on the side, they get a little money, therefore it's commercial activity. So it, it's a very interesting one. They are also uh, proposing to help publishers, and, uh, which is, I think, a really interesting proposal. Um, we all have computers, okay? And offices and businesses and universities have computers. Now, if you have a television screen, you have to pay a license fee because you can receive television video on it. Many nations now are wanting to move. Now that, now that video hits the screen, wants a license fee on all the, t on all the computer screens. So if you have a computer as well as TV, you have to pay the television license fee. Now think of what that's going to do to businesses and universities and others if they have to start paying license fees for every computer that exists along the way. Um, Germany has proposed doing that and says not only will it do it, but it'll take the money that's received there and not give it for television viewing, even though it's collected as a TV license fee, but give it to the publishers which is a very interesting um, redistribution of the wealth, shall we say, and, just, and, and, and leads itself to some really interesting uh, debates and arguments. Um, the CDU, uh, many of us argue, is merely trying to curry favor with the um, major publishers at a time when they badly need favor with major news organizations. Um, the UK, we've got some really interesting things happening here right now. Uh, and as you know, there, the, this past year they made some IP pr proposals along the way. Um, and one of them is it would allow providers of content to any public sector um, organization to retain the rights rather than have them becoming crown copyrights. So that, and this would do things such as um, TV producers producing things for BBC, they would retain rights. Um, um, there's been a, uh, an issue of, of public sector receiving uh, news and financial reports and other such things. Do they now have rights to use them in secondary ways, which under Crown Copyright they currently do? Because any supplier that provides something that has IP to it, uh, in fact, transfers it to Crown Copyright. Very interesting kind of, kind of problem. So, the, so they've addressed that. The, uh, I, yeah. Is this attempting to shut down um, essentially investigative material where people yep. look at what companies are doing by making use of, in part, of the material that they submit to government? Um, there haven't been overt things of doing it, but it could. Um, but under the new proposal, that would be harder to do if, if the new proposal was actually enacted. But certainly you could make that argument um, mm -hmm. that it's covered. Um, the IP review is very, that uh, is going on now, and it's supposed to report in the next month or so, which we're all watching very much. Um, all the expectations are is it's going to take away um, the major fair dealing aspects of the UK law and use fair use instead, which would then uh, um, uh, allow um, broader uses um, and would, would try to promote uh, um, um, cheaper um, acquisition of rights and such things. Um, we'll wait and see whether that is going to happen. There are a lot of people that don't want it. Um, the broadcasters don't want fair use, um, although one could hardly argue that the broadcasters in the US have been hurt with it. Um, the motion picture producers in the UK don't want it, but one could hardly argue that the Hollywood has been hurt with fair use provisions <laughs> over 100 years. But nevertheless, they've come out very strong in making this argument that, that if, in fact, fair use is put forward, it'll just make it impossible for them to make any money, which I, I don't see because you're not allowed to, under fair use to do most of those things that they would be worried about in the United States. Uh, in the United States, there's a lot of issues going on now. Alta Vista um, um, is being, being sued because of uh, the photos and image, and image search results. Um, it was interesting that they chose Alta Vista. The reason they chose Alta Vista is that it, uh, it included the full pro photos, not just the thumbnails. Okay, so, so they were of better quality and such things. Um, Ditto.com had a ruling against them that says uh, uh, um, thumbnails weren't an infringement, even if they went behind block walls or paywalls or walled gardens or something to get it. Um, that's being appealed right now. We don't know what the effect of that will be. Um, 
there is legislation um, that is in, currently being written um, that would require payment for used news or linking to news sites. And this would apply to aggregators and search engines and bloggers and everybody else. Um, I think it's dead on arrival, quite frankly, but one never knows. Strange things happen in the legislative process along the way. Um, but it would essentially make it um, difficult to pass on news and information. Uh, and there is legislation that is being promoted to halt paraphrasing and reuse of, of information. This is starting to get down really into that issue of, of can ideas or information be, be, be copyrighted? Because um, if, you, if you suddenly say you can't have paraphrasing and reuse of information, um, rather than the, cre the expression of it, uh, you start getting into some very interesting problems on what is the, what is the intention of copyright and, and where it comes. And where this comes out, is, it's out of what's called the, the hot news doctrine, um, which comes out of competition law in the United States. Um, and um, essentially, um, as a result of some um, bad behavior by news agencies during the first war, where other news agencies would get their material and then immediately rewrite it all and send it out. Hundreds of stories day after day after day about what was happening in Europe during the war. Um, there was a, a, a competition lawsuit that was brought um, that argued um, that if you have hot news and you're doing that, if it's time-sensitive information that somebody's invested to get, um, if the free rider is providing direct compensation and commercial benefit, um, it's going to reduce the incentive to, to uh, um, create. And so um, there have been, over the years, a number of, of lawsuits involving this hot news doctrine. They're in, not in, competition, in cop copyright law, but they're in competition law courts because they allowed them to deal with it. Um, and we've had a lot of it dealing mainly with financial um, news services, mainly with general news where there's wholesale copying along the way. Um, so it's, a, it's an interesting doctrine, that, and that's part of this rephase, praise, re paraphrasing and reuse that they're, they're getting to. Um, now, AP and Dow Jones and others are publicly arguing that we need to have this put in as a related right to copyright. Um, but they want it to apply to both commercial and non-commercial uses. They want it to, uh, to say, okay, carrying national stories is a violation. So you as a, you as a uh, um, on a social network couldn't send the full story to somebody, okay? Um, they want also, though, carrying just the headline or the lead paragraph to be a violation of it as well. Um, and they want rewriting the facts and the information to be a, a, a violation, which rewriting um, has always been a part of what newspapers have done off of other newspapers for a long period of time. So the real question becomes, where do you draw the line if this, if this law is put in there? Um, if you tweet that a, that, a plane, that a plane has crashed in your town because you heard it on a local radio station, have you now violated this? Um, if, uh, you know, if you link to the story of that on the newspaper site, have you violated this? Becomes a very interesting question. And if it does, it will slow the flow of news and information. There's no question it, it would do so. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm, I'm really skeptical about many of these proposals because in the end, I think that, that they actually create some wrongs. I, uh, providing special treatment and, different, and creating different classes of content is not usually a good idea um, or, uh, along the way. And so it will treat news differently from other content. Um, it will also protect the organizations that, uh, uh, that exist now. And that, that really is not a good thing to do in that protecting organizations tends to stifle innovation. And we want innovation in society. We want things to move in, in different way. It, it would be like saying that the telegraph shouldn't have existed because it, it could carry news that was in the newspaper. And that, you know, that's really a difficult kind of thing to think to think should be had there. Um, it, it, it says we were going to take the legacy business distribution channels and make them the preferred channels for distribution of, of news and information content. And I, and I find that very, 
And ultimately, it, it will reduce the flow of news and information through non-commercial channels. And that, I think, is, is perhaps one of the worst things that comes along here. Because merely saying only commercial channels should be protected is, is, is I think, somewhat problematic along the way. Um, I'm, not, I'm not happy with them because I don't think it'll solve the problem that they're trying to solve. Uh, it's not going to change the audience behavior that is moving away from news. As, as its primary source and news organization. It's not going to change the willingness of people to pay for news or the advertisers' choices of what media they operate. So it's not going to change any of those things, which are, in fact, the base of the problems of the, of the news industry today. Um, and uh, you know, it will not uh, um, give them new business models um, or protect their existing one, because there's already free provision in television and radio and free newspapers that are out there. Online, there's a lot of free provision that exists there. Um, so this is not going to take those away, um, because uh, uh, you know, Google, when it's paying for news, is providing it free as a service for coming to their site. Um, so it's not going to take that away, um, and nor do the news agencies want it to. Um, there are some alternatives. Um, you, you can challenge the uses under existing copyright law. Um, the reason uh, um, many don't like that is they have to show commercial harm under those challenges, um, which is uh, you could have a statutory license a levy of some internet service providers. Of course, the internet service providers don't like this at all um, because they don't want to have they don't want a tax put on their business essentially, which is what it would be a compulsory license. Um, you could actually require technical protections against the search box. Um, and actually, uh, search box can currently now be blocked fairly easily. Um, the technology is starting to exist, but you could, you could force the, um, um, the news organizations to, to make those available to those who didn't want it. Um, there are efforts now to have content tagging and auto licensing. So they can actually see when it, a piece of story or whatever moves through the network and tag it and have some place where a licensing would take place along the way and somebody would pay. Um, and then you can find some new business models for offline and online operations, which are harder to, to do than some of these others. But there are alternatives to, to using the copyright law. So I'll stop there. We can talk. Thank you okay. very much. Yeah. Thank you.